one. Dear friends, this is Ruby, who is now, I think she's not only a speaker, but for me, she's a friend because Ruby Kepain, CEO of AHA company, the person who is fighting poverty. This is the third time we are trying to connect and there were some technical things that we couldn't connect, especially to meet Ruby. I come to Dubai to be closer to United States of America. Uh, this is the person who is very important to me because she's trying her best to help people who are poor and to eliminate poverty. Uh, tell me, please, Ruby, do you think it's possible for humanity to eliminate poverty or it's something impossible? Well, I don't think that you ever totally eliminate it. The issue is, what can, what percent of your population can you afford to be under-resourced? Because when you're under-resourced, you don't have the opportunities to contribute like you do when you have more resources or to develop your talents. So one of the things I always talk about is that it's necessary to make sure everyone has as many opportunities to develop their own talent, um, to give back um, as we can. I think there'll always be some people who cannot take care of themselves, physical illness, mental illness, uh, but the percentage is much too high in the world. Uh, tell me, please, what we can do as human beings, as educators, as businesses, how we can help people who are in poverty, who don't have chance to go to schools, who don't have light in their rooms. Because for us, you know, USA is a very rich country. We cannot even imagine that there is one person who is poor there. For us, USA is luxury, is best cars, best clothes, best schools, best universities. So what is the real situation? All right. All po I, I lived in Haiti down in the Caribbean for three and a half months and to study poverty. I don't care where you are in the world, okay? It's all going to be relative, but it all boils down to food. Food is the very essence of survival, and food is a thief. I mean, hunger is a thief. You don't have food, it takes your mind, you can't think clearly, it robs your body of strength. At bottom line, it's food. So when people get down to survival, I don't care where they are in the world, then the rules change and you are every day is about a hunt for food. Um, and in America right now, about 11% to 14% of children are actually food insecure. They don't have enough food every day. How is it possible? 13%, it's a huge percentage. It's uh, uh, one kid out of 10 kids. Well, it's even worse if you look at public schools. In public schools in America, one out of every two children gets free and reduced lunch. They get lunch supplements, okay? And so one of the things is if there's just not enough food. And one of the reasons is that housing is so expensive, um, transportation uh, to get a job and you didn't have the opportunity to go beyond high school, it's difficult to get a good, well-paying job. And so... It's not available. A lot of kids right now do without food except for school. And a lot of kids, if they can't afford housing, they live in their cars. Um, they couch surf. They go from one house to the next. Tell me, please, how small businesses, medium businesses, or huge businesses who are monsters like Mercedes, Rolls Royce, huge corporations, how they can help to eliminate poverty? Or it's not for businesses, or you think it's only governments can? 
No, I think that you have to have public-private partnerships if we're going to solve this problem. And one of the things is that we're looking for corporate responsibility partners. We've been in business 25 years. We've collected a lot of data. We've taken probably 100,000 adults in poverty out in some way. We've stabilized them. We've got them hope. And the bottom line on the thing is we have communities now that are beginning to identify return on investment. In other words, you spend this much money, this is what you get in return. Like in the United States right now, we know for early childhood, it's a seven to one return. You get seven times back in dollars for the dollar you spent. And what we're finding in our communities is that we get, for every $3 that's spent, for every dollar that's spent, the community gets $3 back. We've got one community that showed they got $10 back for every uh, dollar spent. But I'm looking for a research partner also who will collate all our data. We have 220 communities that are doing it. Uh, we've done work around the world, uh, Slovakia. Um, but the bottom line is we are looking to for corporate sponsorship and we're looking for a research partner. Uh, tell me, please, you said if you invest money, you can even get return. How is that? You mean that these kids or these people whom you take who don't have food, who don't have light, when you put them to work, when you put them to the places where they can do something, uh, they become um, real, uh, you know, citizens of the country? Or how you generate this money? What, what are you meaning? Well, what we do is, see, one of the things that happens is that environments have knowledge bases. And what happens is if you don't get social capital, if you don't get to meet somebody different than you are, you don't really get to see your world from a different set of knowledge. And if you have to spend all your time staying alive, that means that you don't have time for this over here. So what we do is it costs about $25,000 to take 12 people, 12 adults through this. But we give them knowledge bases and then we let them decide. We let them decide whether or not they want to use this information or how they want to incorporate this information into their own life. So it's we call them in co-investigators and we say, look, you're really knowledgeable. You have a lot of knowledge bases. We think you don't get access to all of them. So let me let us share with you other knowledge bases. And then we say to them also. Uh, you are always going to decide what you choose to use. We have them uh, assess the resources in the community. One of the things that most communities in America don't know is they don't they have no good data on what's happening in their poverty neighborhoods, okay? And what we do is we say, let's assess what you've got, and the information that they provide is phenomenal. We had one hospital have our uh, co-investigators canvassed their neighborhoods with a survey to see about medical data. They got better medical data than they'd ever had in their life because the life of that hospital, because one of the big problems in high poverty neighborhoods, you can't get people to open doors. Well, by teaching the people in the neighborhood how to ask the questions and paying them to do that, we got incredible data, okay? So there's all kinds of asset bases and that's how we get the return. They stabilize their environments. They can identify where their where predators are after their how predators are working. We how racism works. We we just teach them, and then they decide what they want to use out of it. They make a plan for their future.
So the most important, you make these people who are very poor to return back to the society. So they are not victims anymore. You make out of them normal human who are ready to fight for their rights and not even to fight, but who are ready to live normal life. They're not actually fighting. On the well, contrary, sometimes, anymore. Yeah, we had one group in Ohio, they were so upset that the local jail had started charging when people were in jail when they released them then they handed them a bill for several thousand dollars for the time they were in jail so i mean it was like craziness and this group got together and said no you can't do that okay and so they ended that practice but one of the things that we do is we say you knowledge bases are how you negotiate the world i mean Olga, look at your look at your connections and look at your knowledge bases i mean they're how you negotiate a world I see, I see. And my last question for you, Ruby. Uh, you have wrote more than 125 books. This is uh, all in itself, it's uh, incredible. These books about poverty, these books about how to eliminate poverty and about different topics. And you talk a lot about emotional poverty. If, if, if you're saying in two, three words, what is this emotional poverty and why you even use this word? Well, Here's the deal. I, I read a lot. Okay. I love to read. All right. So I probably, I don't know, I've read 500, 600 books on this. All right. And the bottom line on the thing is, here's what happened. We had one of our uh, co-investigators come and say this to us. He said, look, you want us to build our resources and you, you say, here are tools you can do to do that. He said, you when people start at zero, you want them to get them to five. He said, but some of us started minus three. He said, my mother was a method addict when I was born. I had a meth addiction when I was born. He said, so if I get to plus two, I made progress as well. And he said, so it made me think about what happens when you're in your environment and you don't, the environment does not provide the opportunity for you to develop basic emotional structures and emotional well-being. All emotional well-being is in two things, safety and belonging. So what happens if your environment does not provide safety and belonging? Like for many refugees, okay? How do you then begin to build your emotional resource base? And so that's what I researched. And it's, it's in the clinical research. It's just not out there for people to get unless you go to a therapist. And I had somebody say to me, well, they should go to a therapist. And I said, what if you don't have $100 a week? How are you going to find out this information? Are you telling me that they can't have it? I mean, that to me made no sense, you know. So the bottom line is it's just basically here's how you, here's what emotional resources look like. Here's how you build them. And uh, I believe that when people have knowledge and information, People are smart. I, I don't care what your resource base is. People can decide what's in their best interest and they're usually pretty good at it. And they know when knowledge makes a difference for them. Wonderful. So what are you doing? You're actually helping people to who are starting from minus three, as you put it, to go back at least for zero and maybe even to plus two and plus three. So you're giving people new chance to live, to study, to survive. And this is amazing. And that's why this topic, emotional poverty, emotional po poverty when you are not safe, when you are not smiling to people because you want to eat, 
when you are not smiling to people because you're afraid to open the door because you don't know who is that is it a, a, a person who brings you the post or is it a gangster emotional poverty when you're not secure and you don't know this is like in in a nutshell in few words and you are trying to eliminate that and teach a lot of educators and a lot of people to solve that problem and i think that is very very important and hidden hero wants to help you to continue what you're doing ruby because this is a very important topic and you have big knowledge you are in this business for 25 years and you read a lot and you write a lot so good luck to you and thank you be so much because what you are doing is really great and you deserve the best Thank you for your patience and for being with us.